Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Hello. Hey. Hi. <laughs> we never gonna learn. No. <laughs> Welcome back to a killer watch list. Yeah. yeah. What's the title of this one? This one. Be careful of the quiet one. Be careful of the quiet one. Dun dun dun. Yeah. So this is episode two of um, Worst Roommates Ever on Netflix. That's oh, what it's called, right? Yeah. Worst Roommates Ever. Yeah. yeah. That should make me scared of having random roommates. Like I was already kind of like iffy about it. But now I'm just like, nah, fuck that. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm never having random roommates ever. Right. And it's kind of wild, though, because the first story, they weren't completely random. She just didn't know her well enough. Yeah. yeah. But this one is random and creepy. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which makes it scarier because it wasn't even, like, super planned, probably. Yeah. It was just, like, off, you know, crime of passion, or whatever the fuck they call it. Uh, okay. Do we want to get started? Give a synopsis. Okay, so we open up with um, footage of a missing woman named Maribel Maribel Ramos, and they are in downtown Orange, California, which is what they call a sleepy town, not a lot of crime. I feel like they always say that. Uh They do. There's never any crime here, but we're covering like a horrible story. It's the seventh largest economy in the world. And I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? This nigga murdered somebody. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. And now y'all not. Now y'all not sleeping no more. <laughs> y'all better be wide awake. <laughs> I hope so. Wake up, bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, no. I just, so my thing was when they introduced him as a suspect, I just kind of expected, like, I don't know. I, I expected him to be, like, super manipulative or to have some sort of, like, personality disorder or something like that and to go over that or whatever. And it's, it just turned out to be such a fucking cliche. Like, right. It was. It I was so over it. it was, oh, I have a, I have a crush on her. Are, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, it, it. I'm sure this story plays out like millions and millions of times throughout everywhere. Yeah. All the time. I mean, I, I know it does. Yeah. So her roommate. Okay. So let's start. Maribel is an ex army military person who um, moved to Orange, California and lived with her mom and then her mom passed uh quickly after they lived together and she needed a roommate so she asked her her sister whose name is lucy if she could stay with her but lucy was like you know i'm trying to get settled with my daughter it's just not a good time if you mm-hmm. don't find a roommate then we can move in together and that's when maribel went on to craigslist and she put out a call for a roommate and that's when we meet her roommate whose name is kc joy KC is in like the letter K and the letter C. Yeah, as in Which and JoJo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Not that. laughs> I never would have made that We should just call him. No, that's not. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call him KC. Um, yeah, if I'm a roommate on Craigslist, I'm not victim blaming, obviously, but 
yeah, I can't do randos off the internet to live in my house. Yeah. At this point, that just sounds like a first 48 episode. Yeah. Right. And it kind of seemed like, I mean, as we get through the story, like when she called 911, mm-hmm. it seemed like she was like, oh shit. Like, like I can, I can see where this is going. Yeah. 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 And this was in 2013, so it wasn't like that long ago. Right. Didn't she call them multiple times? I think she only called them once, mm-hmm. which is that recording that they feature in the episode where she was telling the dispatcher that she felt threatened and uncomfortable. Yeah. And then the second time she called somebody like for backup, it was that guy, Paul. Yeah, it was her yeah. friend, Paul. But it's hella fucking weird. Very weird. And that, and, well, not at first. Yeah. And it's interesting because it was the same kind of thing that, um, damn, I wish I remember her name, but from the first episode... Uh, uh, Fuente? Fuente? Yeah, yeah, Fuente. She, she she like made herself look older so that she seemed like a nicer person and like whatever. Yeah. This Casey guy did the same thing. Like he sold himself as a nice person. He was super quiet, educated. He had a dog, and he was kind of this like older man mm-hmm. that they were like not threatened by. And she was like, "Oh, okay. Well, maybe we can be roommates." Yeah. So then he goes to her sister. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm in love with your sister. I know she's looking for a partner and I can be all that for her. Her sister shut it down immediately. Mm-hmm. Her sister was around it down. She said, um, first of all, she don't want you. Mm-hmm. She's never going to want you. She's young. You old. Please stop. <laughs> she's never going to see you like that. And that should, I feel like, well, there's no better way she could have worded it because why the fuck are you, you yeah, why are you fucking... Telling your your roommate's sister that you're in love with her, that's a conversation that you should have had with her if there was something going on between y'all. And then at the moment where she said, no, I'm not feeling you like that, it should have been shut down. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. But then he starts to go get plastic surgery to look younger. Yeah, he had $10,000 worth of plastic surgery. You could, And he got a tattoo done. You could have used that to get your own apartment. She said, she was like, you know, you would look good with a tattoo. And he was like, okay, turned around and got a big ass tiger <laughs> tattooed on his arm. The biggest tattoo you could possibly fucking find. Like, yeah. Ain't no fucking way. That, I feel like that should have been like the. So, okay, yeah, the red flag definitely should have been when he approached her sister. But the super red flag, the one was like, get out of the house red flag, is when he got all that surgery. Yeah. Because yeah. where did he get $10,000 from? And if you have that, then why do you need a roommate? Yeah, it was clear that he was, like, clearly obsessed with her. Like, she had taken him in after seeing that he didn't have any friends or whatever. He was just always at the house. And she started bringing him around her family, and they just got closer, and they actually became friends. And he twisted it into some creepy obsession. Yeah. And that's kind of where everything, like, went to shits. Yeah. It's, just, it's heartbreaking to listen to her voice where she starts literally trying to tell them, like, I'm afraid of him. Mm-hmm. Like, if something happens... No, she didn't even say something, if something happens to me. She said if something happens, it was in self-defense. Yeah. She was in the army. She was badass. Like, she was, she knew she was going to beat his ass. And then they're like, what? What she said? She was like, why are you crying? This, yeah. <laughs> the 911 person. Who the fuck yeah. the phone? Somebody crying on a 911 call. Was like, <laughs> After she had just crying? spent 10 minutes talking about how scary her roommate is. Clearly right. she crying because of the... <laughs> Because of this nigga. Like, get the fuck out of it. No, she should have jumped in the phone and beat her ass first. True. Yeah. And, and got off in self defense of that. Because, like, what the fuck? So she had called the police and said all that stuff, like, 12 days before she was she disappeared. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after they pieced the story together, they found out that Casey hadn't been paying rent and Maribel was paying it for him. And so when she checked in with him about the rent and was like, what's going on? He got upset. Mm-hmm. And they started fighting, and she asked him to leave. And that was kind of the beginning of this, like, ongoing fight mm-hmm. that led to other things. Yeah. 
I wonder like what squatters' rights are to, you know, that would have enabled her to kick him out or something. I wonder because they're, they're different everywhere. So I don't yeah, know. they do vary vastly, and like that's such a hard conversation. I know that um, even here locally in Georgia, like we need to sh- not we need to um, Who's the person who spoke for legislate this for sports event? Kim something or other. Jackson. Anyway, yes. They're working on legislation around, like, being able to get a restraining order against someone who you also happen to live with um, or you don't have to live with. Because those kinds of things are, like, really difficult. Like, I believe in housing as a human right, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't like squatters laws that, like, you can just throw somebody out on their ass. But then there are also situations where men are threatening and scary and dangerous and nobody wants to do anything about it or remove them from, you know, the places they need to be removed from. And it just really sucks because it's, like... It feels like a real catch-22, yeah. like, in my experience. Because there are times when people really need to be fucking gone, and then other times where, like, people are using that shit to their advantage. Like, right. with, most, with most things, but... Right. Yeah, no. That was definitely heartbreaking. So, the, the day of her disappearance, she got into another fight with Casey about the rent, and they were screaming at each other, whatever. She put her friend Paul on the speaker as, like, a backup, I guess. And Paul said that to KC, if you're not out by tomorrow, I'll throw all your stuff out. And that's the last call that's um, on Maribel's phone. Mm. So, I mean, as the audience, obviously we have hindsight, but you can kind of tell where the story's going. Um, But on Friday morning, um, KC texted Lucy, who's Maribel's sister, saying that Maribel was missing. And he couldn't file a missing person report because it was too soon. So, so how the <laughs> how the fuck did you <laughs> think she was missing? Yeah. Oh yeah, because he oh yeah, because he hit her up and he was like, oh yeah, she didn't come home last night. Mm-hmm. Like that's not your fucking business. And Lucy, the sister, was like, yeah, she was just like, oh, you're being weird. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not going to tell you where Maribel is, and like she kind of right. She yeah. kind of brushed him off, um, but I mean, she didn't know that Maribel was actually missing. Yeah, and that's so sad too. Like as the audience and the, I guess like because you have the background information, like knowing that something most definitely happened to her. But in that moment, her just thinking like, okay, that ain't being weird. Like, right. She's so thirsty or whatever. Fuck. Mm-hmm. And then she texts her phone like, girl, what's the fuck going on? And then she didn't answer. Right. So, oh my god. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know she was yeah, devastated. Yeah. That was that was a ride because like the whole process of him like. Him knowing that, like, he would get caught if they, like, looked at his laptop or if they were to, like, seize his materials. So then he goes to the library and then looks up all this information. But the libraries are state-funded. The libraries are funded by, like, all that shit is surveilled. All of yeah. it. Even the books you check out are surveilled. Yeah. So if they're watching you, they're going to know all this shit. And you're looking up how to how to bury a body and how long does it take it to decay and um what else did he look up he was like um oh can you track a cell phone even if the even if it's off mm-hmm. yeah being hella fucking weird it's like that's so that's so obvious every like do yeah. you not know what cookies are i mean nobody reads terms and conditions but damn like at this point we all know what the fuck that shit is like right you just you buried yourself basically well so, even before all that came out like the night that so that same night when the, when it was a Friday, right? And then the sister like did text her Maribel just to be like, hey, and didn't get a response. She didn't think much of it. And then her cousin's wife called and Maribel hadn't shown up to a softball game she was supposed to be playing in. Oh, yeah. And then they started freaking out. 
called the police and all went over to Meadow Girl's place. And then they're knocking on the door, trying to get in. Nobody's answering. So the police felt like they had enough cause to, like, bust the door down mm-hmm. and rush in. And nobody's there. But the bed is, like, disheveled. But other than that, it's just, like, nobody in the place. And Lucy was very clear, like, Maribel makes her bed every time she leaves the house. Yeah. I mean, she's in the military. You know how those kind of people Right. Yeah. So I think that's, like, something to point out because it comes into play later. Yeah. Um, they also were calling KC because they're, you know, trying to get in the home. And mm-hmm. He also lives there. And the police were like, where the fuck is this guy? And comes to, come to find out, the whole time they were trying to get in touch with him, he was outside the apartment in his car looking through binoculars watching the family members the police and everybody trying to knock on this door and he's just watching the whole thing yeah like a pi yeah Mm -hmm. like a creep so then all of a sudden an hour later he pops up and everybody's like where the fuck have you been yeah and he's like oh what's going on (laughs) you know the fuck and lucy was not having it she was like it was him yeah right Oh, right, Lucy was like the main person telling the story throughout this whole thing, and she was not playing. Yeah, she was not. She did not like this man from the beginning, and mm-hmm. she was not playing. Yeah. So that night, they asked Casey to come to the um, station and ask questions, and we actually were able to get footage from this, mm-hmm. so we could like listen to it firsthand. But um, Casey is um, a man. I'm assuming of Asian descent. Mm-hmm. Casey. Oh yeah. So. When they were interviewing him and asking him questions, he was talking in circles. He has this super, super heavy accent. And the investigators were like, I can't really understand what he's trying to say, mm-hmm. like, whatever, whatever. It turns out Casey moved to the U.S. as a really young child. Mm-hmm. And he spoke English without any accent. He was putting on this accent to try to make himself seem more innocent. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just didn't know what was going on and he mm-hmm. was confused. And even the neighbors were like, uh, what is that? <laughs> Which is so weird. Yeah. That's I mean, it's like strategic. manipulative yeah. as hell. It's it definitely strategic. was yeah, genius on his part, but also it just goes to show you that like when people are under investigation, they don't really do like for real, for real background checks on these people. Mm-hmm. Like they don't really look into their background. Like, how did you not know that he's been here since he's like working? Like, it takes something happening for them to like. They do it like retroactively. Yeah. yeah. Like they heard him have this heavy accent, so then they looked into his background. Why haven't you already looked into his background? He's a whole yeah. suspect, right? Y'all said the question mark keeps being Casey Joy. So then, question mark some fucking questions, right? Like, that don't, yeah. make, no don't sense. make sense. And if they had paid attention to her when she called them and told them, like, I'm fucking afraid of my roommate. Like, something yeah. needs to be done by him. Like, like what came out of that nine one one call? They didn't really do anything. Yeah. Not shit. But whoever was on the phone talking with her girlfriends, about right? How this lady was Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Like, first of all, how old are you? <laughs> you sound like a child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gonna be okay. You're like, you're <laughs> yeah, out, you're I'm out scared. House. <laughs> so the police also during this uh, interview saw that he had scratches all over his arms Mm -hmm. and he had some explanation and this is a pattern like he always had an answer to everything and he was like oh we were fishing and there were bushes and with thorns and they scratched me up and stuff and they were like it looks suspicious but for police they need to have evidence that that's not what happened and they're like we just couldn't prove it yeah so they just had to go with it but couldn't they test the dna of the scratches or something I mean, possibly, but at this point, they said that I think it had been days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said a few days or yeah. something. 
and they said it looked like there was dried blood on it, but it was probably just his blood at this point. I'm sure he yeah. showered. Like, if he's strategic enough to come in there and put on an accent and speak in broken English and then have a story all ready queued up for the scratches, I'm sure he would at least wash them. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he literally said, like, oh, we go to this location to fish, and there's bushes here, and the police went to that location. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, there are thorns at this bush. So he worked out that story. And they probably would have needed probable cause to take any DNA samples anyway. Right, because yeah. I don't think at this point he had been arrested. Mm-hmm. I think he was just being interviewed. Yeah. Well, you know how they trick you? They were like, oh, well... Would you like to give a voluntary DNA so It's just procedure or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Fuck. Right. I just feel like so much more can be done. I agree. Which is also weird for me, too, because I'm not, I don't know the relationship between, like, military and police, but, like, wouldn't her being military just kind of, like, make y'all more inclined to, like, try and figure out what happened to her? Yeah. Aren't y'all, like, cousins? <laughs> like, I don't know. Right. It seems like y'all it. union or whatever the fuck. Like, so, for them to, like, throw it to the side like that, it's just, I don't know. That shit was hella sketch. So um, in the days after her disappearance, obviously her family and friends and like coworkers and stuff were going on the news stations and putting out posters and her pictures on social media. They had a candlelight visual that Casey came to. And he sat in the back. The right. whole time to my, oh, I don't really want, what do you say? I don't want to be around family right now. Yeah, so I'm so sad. Yeah. And there was like news footage of him like literally sitting like maybe 50 feet away from where everything was happening. Just kind of mm-hmm. looking out into the void. It, it was, was very creepy. She needs aim. Yeah. And there were even like online um, discussions, you know, when people are missing, there's always the Reddit thread. Mm -hmm. And Casey was all up in there referring to Maribel in the past tense. All right, y'all, we'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess? And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch. A gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch. While we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy. And cunty. With us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. Um, the big cutie couch. Mwah. And people was like, now, <laughs> hold on. We have questions That's because suspicious. she's missing. Right. Not missed. Right. Bitch. Like, <laughs> exactly. But my thing is, he was so strategic about the location and the explanation for the scars and, you know, uh, explaining his arguments with her and stuff like that. And then even even before she died, you know, like when he was spending all that money on surgery and stuff like that, he thought those things through and then went and did them. So like, why didn't you think this through? Your grammar? Yeah. Like that's what you that's what you miss. But it's right. always the, the smallest things they be getting people caught And they up, get cocky you know? and they think like, oh shit, I'm not, I'm getting away with this. Mm-hmm. And they slip up and they use the wrong tense. So 11 days after Maribel went missing, there was a dinner that she had invited her family to. And I guess Lucy was like trying to find any way to see if Maribel was still alive. And she was like, okay, if Maribel was planning on going to this dinner and she just left, she would have brought stuff with her for the dinner. Uh So she went in her house and she started like going through her house, trying to look for clues. And when she left, Casey was just standing at the door watching her do all this stuff. 
That's so fucking creepy. The same thing happened in the first episode, uh, Don't Call Me Grandma, when um, they were digging in the yard. And they looked up, and the bitch just standing right <laughs> oh, yeah. out the window. Just standing at the right. like, That's so weird. And the police, like we said before, the police said that it was really challenging, even though it kind of seems cut and dry, and they felt like they knew who did it. Casey was like, he just had an answer for everything. Mm-hmm. And they searched her vehicle, her house, and there was just no evidence. They spoke with everybody in her life, friends, coworkers, and everybody had an alibi. The only person that didn't was Casey Joy, but they just could not get him. Yeah, he said he had just gone on a drive. But, like, it's just really difficult when you don't have a body. Mm-hmm. All the evidence is circumstantial. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no trail. Like, not even tracing her phone. Like, that one phone call was all the evidence that they had about her trying to reach out to anybody. Right. I feel like with driving, though, they could at least try to look at CCTV or something. Yeah. Traffic, you know, cameras or something like that. Because normally, well... Let me not say normally. I just watch too much TV. So, like, on SVU or, like, I don't know, another procedural show, they'd be like, oh, so-and-so went for a drive. Or so-and-so said it was, like, alone at home watching mm-hmm. movies. It's like, okay, but that's not proof. Like, that's yeah. not an alibi because nobody was with you, that type of thing. Yeah. So I wonder, like, if they have looked at cameras. It just seems like at every turn they just, they tried, but they didn't, like, try for real. Yeah. It does seem like they could have pushed it a little harder and it would have been, you yeah. know. So now, all of a sudden, they decide to dig into Casey Joy's history. I guess they're like, we know it's him. We just need to find something. Mm -hmm. So they found out that he fled from Tennessee to California because he was just not having a good time in Tennessee. He had lost his job. His parents had passed away. And he was arguing with his sister about his parents' inheritance. And they spoke with his sister, and she said that he had a really bad temper. And she was so scared to the point where she had a restraining order against him. And you know she had to be scared to get a restraining order against her brother. Right. Yeah. And she called him a monster. So that's scary. And it doesn't line up with this persona that he had going with everybody. Right. Um, they, at this point, they assigned a surveillance team to monitor Casey's activities 24-7. And that's where they found out about the library stuff that you were talking about. Yeah. With I him. skipped all over things. Like <laughs> no, you're okay. Honestly, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to follow um, because they jump back and forth mm-hmm. between, like, their investigation and then, like, what's going on. Okay. So it is hard to follow. But, like, what Eloa was saying, they were, they were able to remotely see what Casey was doing on the library computer, and he was searching all that weird stuff. Not and weird can, stuff, suspicious stuff. I don't give a fuck if I'm at school. I don't care if I'm at the Apple store. Anything, anything public, anything state funded, anything that's, I don't know, anything that's not in a book in my home. I'm not fucking doing that shit. It's, it's being watched, especially if you're doing something illegal. Like yeah. That, that's like, I don't know. I mean, Googling how long does it take a body to decay is some really wild shit <laughs> to do in general. Right. Like, he said, what is the probability of finding a missing person? <laughs> that was one of your Google searches. Trace. What, <laughs> sir? Are you a murderer? But the, exactly. The, that should have been a response on the Google. Right. Right. So, are you a murderer? <laughs> you know, how, like when you you Google stuff that can get you put in grippy sock jail, it'll be like you can call the suicide hotline. Da, da, da. When you start googling murdery shit, it should be right. like, are you, are you planning a to murder somebody? <laughs> or when they correct your spelling, it, it should just say, um, "Did you did you kill somebody?" <laughs> right. <laughs> We, we sent the cops to your location. Stay right here. <laughs> right. And the wild part about all of this is, and this is where the law, I mean, there's multiple places, but this is where the law gets iffy because even though he was searching all this stuff, it still wasn't enough to implicate him. Mm-hmm. Like they were saying, the officers were like, oh, he could just be a concerned loved one, like trying to figure out how long, 
we have to find her body before it decays. Like, mm-hmm. that's not what he's fucking doing. Right. But they have to think about, like, all the perspectives. And, like, what they can prove in court. Right. Because it would be a waste of an arrest and a trial if they don't have anything to stand on. Right. You know, evidentiary. Evidentiary. Which is why they should have listened to her when she was alive. They didn't want to have to. Right. Yeah. Look for anything to stand on. You can just stand on her words. She's scared. Right. She she was crying on that nine one call. It was yeah. like she was clearly terrified. She couldn't even say her name. Yeah. yeah. Um, so sad. Yeah. So, um, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Um, while they were surveilling his activity, um, he went to the library and he was looking up the location of where an awareness walk was happening that mm-hmm. Lucy and Lucy's daughter, Maribel's niece, were throwing for awareness for Maribel's missing. So he looked up the exact location of this awareness walk. Then he zooms out on Google Maps and he goes to satellite view and he zooms in on a tree in this super remote area. Mm-hmm. And then he deletes his history. <laughs> so, like, which wow. lets me know that he knows that it's being surveilled. <laughs> Why would you? No sense. <sighs> Why are you deleting your history now? Like, and deleting you, history is a joke. It, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. It's a fucking computer. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Why did? It, why the fuck would you zoom in <laughs> to any specific spot? Like, he said, he said, let me drop a pin, <laughs> right, and label it, right. Like, oh, you under suspicion for stalking somebody? Let me zoom in on the house, right. right. Like, let me take a screenshot, email it to myself. <laughs> like, like bitch, are you okay? Are you good? obviously fucking not oh my god that was the wildest part for me after that I was over it I'm like this nigga is just I mean, right. yeah cause then of course the cops immediately go to that ex- exact spot right I mean you, you dropped them in right <laughs> you said the location right exactly <laughs> yeah and then they find her like you said a half hour later literally it took them no time mm-hmm. he, he solved his own case within an hour and a half we saved them resources and everything. Like, fucking joke. <laughs> Such a fucking joke. Yeah. So, um, the investigators immediately go to find Casey, and he had been watching the coverage on the TV, and when he saw that the cops were coming, he jumped out the window and tried to run away. Where was you going to go, sis? <laughs> like, where? On foot? <laughs> you try to come down there. <laughs> we don't want you. Right. Stay far away. Right. They obviously caught him though, yeah. <laughs> and they arrested him. They scooped him right up <laughs> immediately. Right, you should know. He's like, I'd love to see the evidence that you have. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, so they locked your ass up again, and you gonna try them on that shit? I'd love to see what you have on me. I just, you know, this is this is uh, interesting. But that's not what an innocent person says, right? right. They don't say like, so what's the evidence? Right. They say, I didn't do shit. Right. Like, Get me the fuck out of I'm here. Not here. I'm here for no fucking reason. Right. Or like, I'll help you. I'll give you everything you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like, tell me why I did it. And, yeah. and we're not exaggerating. He literally said, I would love to see the evidence that you can find me guilty for murder. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Are you? Huh? It's kind of like that thing. Well, I've only ever seen it in movies, but I don't know. I kind of feel like this is real. It's kind of like when um, like there's a serial killer on the loose, or like a superhero or anything, and then like somebody who knows that it's them is like real. I don't want to say egotistical about it, but they get like a they get off on people not knowing that it was them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, do y'all think they ever gonna catch them? Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. says shit like that. Yeah. yeah, nobody said. If I was a superhero, serial killer, whatever, I'm not gonna be like, oh, y'all think. 
you're supposed to shut the fuck up and then right. you're supposed to just like let everybody kind of like come up with their own conclusions right. and shit right that shit right there that lets me know like if i ever hear anybody be like oh y'all think they're gonna catch them they did right <laughs> immediately that's all i need <laughs> So on May 17th, 2013, Casey Joy was charged with the murder of Maribel Ramos. And at the trial, they still couldn't prove how he actually killed her. But they didn't need it because his internet searching and zooming in on that tree pretty much, I mean, it proved that he did kill her. They just still don't know how. They speculate that while she was asleep, he smothered her. And that's how he killed her because, you know, her bed was all uh, messed up and stuff. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. And on um, July 29th, 2014, Casey Joy was charged to 15 years to life in prison. I'm I'm shook that 15 years was the minimum. Yeah. Because that means he would get out in like, what, five years? Five, six years? And was she still active duty military? I feel like that would be a, isn't that like a federal? I thought she job? left, but I don't know enough about yeah. that to know. That's a good point. That's a great point. Because I know it's like always. I know the ante is always up when you, like, assault a cop or, mm-hmm. like, you, you can even get arrested for hurting their feelings in some places, which oh, I know going to get into that. But, Fuck your feelings. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I would think that they would have hit him with whatever charges they could have. But I don't know. Maybe we can look more into the case at some point. Yeah. It's just based on what they showed us in the episode. Yeah, and give an update next time on for episode three. Wow. Well, y'all, we we did episode two. Yeah. I'm I'm not mad that it was heavier. I'm just like, I thought it was going to be just as ridiculous as the first one. Mm -hmm. Like, they really let this bitch go down the street. Right. (laughs) That one seems... uh, Jesus, I can't tell. That one seemed, like, outlandish. Mm -hmm. This one seems like it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little more, like, Mm -hmm. eek. I think it also just kind of, not necessarily hits closer to home, but it's like, it's something that could knock on wood, obviously, happen to any of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very, like... Yeah, niggas be killing bitches all the time. Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friend, uh, she was on the bus one time, and um, this guy, I guess, like, this guy was, like, trying to talk to her or whatever, and she, like, was trying to get away from him, and he punched her in her nose. He punched her in her That's nose and, bro- and broke it. Whoa. And she had to get two surgeries to get it straightened back up. You can't oh tell me God. men are sensitive, like, more sensitive yeah. than anyone else. I can't even turn you down. We're strangers. I can't tell you no. You don't know me from nowhere. You're so insecure that you're going to punch me in my face? Yeah. The fuck is wrong with... Yeah, no. And follow, like, following strangers home and, like, getting... Even even with him knowing her, like, them having whatever rapport they had, mm-hmm. you're allowed to... You're allowed to like people. You're allowed to be attracted to people. But the way that you handle it makes the world, like, a world of difference. Mm-hmm. You literally could have just been like, hey, I've been feeling this way. I want to know how you feel. And she's like, well, yeah, I don't see you that way. Okay, cool. It would have been over. Right. But, like, And oh. then you still could have had your friend and your freedom. Yeah, yes, but instead exactly. he was like, if I don't get you, no one can. Yeah. And now you're in jail. Right. And she's not here. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which, um, the way men just feel entitled to women and people of other marginalized identities. I would say do better, but this shit been going on for, like, 2,000 years. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what to say at this point. I don't know. But, yeah. Um... I wonder what the third episode will be about. I hope it's a little lighter, but me too. But I'm, I doubt it will be. I know. Let's <laughs> take a sneak peek, All right? Okay, if y'all want to uh, watch the episode with us, watch episode three of Worst Roommate Ever, and then listen to our next Killer Watchlist episode. Yeah, leave comments and stuff about these last two episodes too, because I want to yeah. hear what other people think. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
did you uh, latch on to something that we didn't or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. So we will see y'all at the um, main episode. Yeah. Yes. All right. Back at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.